Today, I have invited Tony Clark on the podcast to talk about prayer and how it can benefit our lives. Tony has extensive experience leading prayer groups and teaching the practice and principles of prayer, both locally and globally. She currently ministers alongside her husband, William T. Clark Jr. at New Bethel Community Church in Buffalo, New York, as well as churches in Africa and other places. I have learned much about prayer sitting at her feet, listening to her teachings and watching her in action. And since she has been such a positive influence in my life, I thought I would share her with you today. So you could also gain insight into why prayer is so important, especially in these tumultuous times we are living in. So let's get right into it. Tony, welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm doing well and very honored to be on here with you, have an opportunity to share on prayer and again, how important it is. Yes, I'm honored to have you. Thank you. As you know, Tony, I asked you to come on the podcast to help us better understand prayer, how it works and its benefits in hopes of increasing the number of people that pray with understanding on a daily basis in America and abroad. And I want to begin with the definition of prayer. Now, the dictionary, Tony, defines it as an earnest hope or wish, a solemn request for help, or an expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. In the Bible, you'll find prayer referred to as supplication or petitioning. It's also been expressed biblically as beseeching the Lord, pouring out one's soul before the Lord, and crying to heaven. My first question for you today is, how do you define prayer? Well, my definition, you've given the Merriam-Webster <laughs> definition, but I just call it talking to God, communicating with God about any and everything, not just talking and sharing with him, but also a segment of listening to him as well. And I'm working on that part. But it's just really talking and communicating with God. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Prayer in a nutshell is really just communicating with God. I see it as no different than talking to anyone you're in relationship with. You say good morning, you say good night, and you talk about everything else in between. And we can really talk to God the same way because he's concerned about the big and the small things in our life. And just like daily and regular communications with others strengthens our relationships personally, prayer strengthens our relationship with God. I love, love, love that definition. There are basically two main types of prayers, prayers that we pray for ourselves and prayers that we pray for others. Intercessory Mm -hmm. prayer, as I understand it, is prayers that we pray on behalf of other people. Why do you think it's important to pray for others and not just ourselves? Well, I think one of the reasons we pray for others is because we love them. And I look at prayer as one of the best things. I consider it the very best thing we can do for someone is to pray for them. And that is not all we do, but to pray, to talk to God, the maker and creator of everything and everyone who knows and can do anything is because we love them and we want the very best for them. So we invite God into whatever the situation is, whatever their hardship or problem, and we ask God's blessings on because he will respond. You talk about like it's a gift to others. I love that. You think of physical gifts, you buy people birthday gifts, but prayer can be a gift 
that you give to someone else, expressing your love for them. I love that view of prayer. Is there a, a protocol for prayer, Tony, a formula or a certain way to pray? In other words, do we have to do anything specifically when we pray, like close our eyes or pray at a certain time? Or do we have to pray in a specific location? I think that there are people that have their protocols. We all have ways that we're most comfortable when we're talking to God, or I think that some of those protocols is just helps us to settle into certain ways. But I don't think that there is a certain way you got or a certain place you got to be. Some of my best times of prayer has been driving in the car and just talking to God, washing dishes. But I don't think you have to close your eyes, but I do at times close my eyes. It just kind of helps me to concentrate and focus on and not be so easily distracted. Sometimes we'll gather and we'll say to others, take your prayer position. And because we all have different ways and places, some like to walk, some like to kneel. We all have different ways, but it's not because the Bible says you got to do it this way. And this is the only way. I, I think it's what helps us to be more comfortable. So there's no particular formula, <laughs> no protocol, but there are things that Jesus has told us to do when we come to him in prayer. One of the things the Lord showed me through prayer where Jesus gave them the disciples prayer in that he says, pray our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And it, it goes on. I believe it's out of Matthew, sixth chapter of Matthew. And just a few things God showed me through that. Just those first, I guess that's the first verse about our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. That is just saying we regard God, we respect him, and we honor him. The very fact that I regard him is that I acknowledge him and respect him, recognizing he is, even if I denied him, he still abides. He is above and before everything. Everything comes from him. And then I honor him who he is. And even the Lord said to me, that particular thing works in relationships. That kind of blows my mind there, that he allows us to talk to him. He wants to talk to us. He wants us to bring him our tears. And I believe he knows everything anyway, but he still says, talk to me. Think about the various relationships you're in. He wants you to talk to him. So there is no particular formula, but we do, do need the Bible says to come and I, I speak from the Bible because that's where I get the basis of why to pray, who to pray to. And he tells us there's got to be some faith in there. I think that was one of the things you mentioned is not praying to the air, but we're talking to someone. We're talking to someone and they're listening. He's listening. And so I just wanted to say that. That's awesome. I was thinking of that scripture as you were talking. He who comes to God must believe that he is mm -hmm. and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. I agree. Mm -hmm. Prayer is really a privilege. And I like what you said. Pretty much, you know, do what works for you in terms of where you pray and how you pray. But just make yeah. sure you understand who you're praying to, what mm -hmm. prayer is for, and that you're acknowledging and honoring the God that you're praying to. I love that. I love that. Tony, there's a scripture that says we should pray without ceasing. I believe it's 1 Thessalonians 5.17. How do we do that? I mean, practically speaking, what are we talking about? Does that mean we should constantly be praying all day? No, I, I don't think we can pray all day. Nothing else would get done. <laughs> true. <laughs> We're not paying attention to our kids. We wouldn't be doing our jobs. True. Whatever. True. But I, I believe that ceasing means regular 
Okay. That it's a part of our life. Prayers, I, I can't get through a day without talking to God. And I mentioned that sometimes I'm doing it in the car while I'm driving, I'm talking to him. Sometimes it's while I'm washing the dishes. Sometimes before my eyes open in the morning, I just start talking to God. And I, I believe where he's saying that should be a regular part of your life. Prayer. I've read in Acts 15, I believe it is, and the Apostle Paul in the Bible, who was an apostle sent from God to go and carry his word and to the nations at that time. And there was a team of them. And the Bible says God gave Paul a dream. He shared it with the team and that they were to go to a certain place to find someone. This man was asking for help and they were going to help this individual. And the Bible says that they went to the water area where people would gather. They knew that was the place people gathered to pray. And so they sought out this place of prayer to find this person that they believed that they were there to help. And they encountered, uh, I believe it was Lydia. They met where people were gathered and praying and they encountered her and got a chance to share with her about Jesus. And they found that place of prayer. And and I saw another passage where Peter and, and John were regularly going to the place of prayer. They would go to the synagogue with the mm-hmm. temple, they would regularly go to that place of prayer. And I, I believe that that is, you mentioned, use, use the word privilege. It is a privilege and benefit if we do that. God is waiting. He wants to hear from us. And so we need to exercise that. So that unceasing is continuous, not 24 hours, seven days a week prayer, but us a regular part of my life every day talking to the father. I don't, I've been married 41 years and I don't think I can be in a relationship, never talking to my husband, <laughs> but I apply to that relationship and makes it healthy and well and good is that we communicate, we talk, and I have to learn to listen more to God, but he also speaks to us. That's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. How do we know, speaking of God hearing from us, how do we know that when we pray, we aren't talking to the wall or air? How do we know that God actually hears our prayers? There, I believe the Bible is the infallible word of God. It is not written by man. And it is that, that God inspired men to write it. And I've heard someone say, well, but men wrote it and they could have put what they want in. If he's inspiring and watching over to make sure his word is written, I think he watched it all the way through to make sure what he wanted to be in there. Yeah. So it is the scriptures that tell us, I think you quoted the one that we, when we come to God, we got to believe. And also the scripture tells us to pray. I'm going to quote a couple of scriptures. I think it's out of Jeremiah. He says, call upon me and I will answer you. And he goes on to say some of the things he'll do. But over and over in scripture, he tells us to pray and that he is listening. And I believe the word of God. Sometimes we have to take it in faith, talk to him. We don't always feel him. We don't always feel, oh, I felt like God hurt me. I don't always feel like I'm a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm I'm saved, but I am because I believe what the word says. And the scripture says he's attentive to our voice, our cries and our moans, that all of that he is listening to. 
And, and so we are taking that in faith. We're not talking to the air or to the wall or to, to higher being. I'm talking to the only God, the living creator, God Almighty, who is the only true and living God. And he hears, he promised. Awesome. Awesome. Our faith is not based on our feelings. You really got that point across. It's based on the, what the word of God says and what the promises in the word of God are. I love that. Thank you for that answer. You know, Tony, I read in uh, psychology today that there's a direct correlation between people who pray daily and mental health. That same study found that young adults who prayed daily tended to have fewer depressive symptoms. They tended to have higher levels of life satisfaction and self-esteem in comparison to those who never prayed. Have you found this to be true, that people who pray daily have a greater sense of overall well-being? Yes, I do find that to be true. We were gathered a few weeks ago, and they just kind of started out with prayer. And just took a couple of minutes and just talked to, to the Lord about whatever was on our minds at the time. But someone led the prayer. And at the end of them praying, it just clicked in my mind. It was like, wow, that was quite a wonderful exchange. At the time of prayer, of talking to God, he's listening to us, pouring out our heart concerns and worries and even joys, sharing those things with him is this wonderful exchange of casting our cares on him. And I often say we can't beat him at giving. And so as we give him these cares and these concerns, he gives us peace. He gives us comfort. He gives us encouragement. Even sometimes the situation hasn't changed immediately, but yes, in prayer, and I think psychology is discovering that, and people are healthier, you feel better, knowing I don't have control, but it's okay. There is someone that does have control, and, and it brings a perspective for me into my life. So I could see that you, you're casting those cares, giving away those burdens, because he said to give them to me, cast them on me. And then he gives us that peace. He gives us that confidence that he is at work for us and in our lives and he's watching over us. Yes, I can see that. So I encourage more people to pray. Awesome. And, and I'm going to ask this. You probably have partially answered it. But how have you personally benefited from daily prayer for yourself and for others? I've been walking with the Lord for a long time. And I used to approach prayer as if it was a chore because I didn't know. I didn't understand. And so I hate washing dishes. And I thought of prayer like washing dishes. <laughs> And so my thought was, okay, I just got to get this over with, with no real interest in uh, sharing my heart or hearing from the Lord. And it came a point that I'm like, it's got to be better than this, you know, it's got to be better. And, and really digging into the scripture, seeing what does he say? How much does he love us? Is he always there finding out that he is faithful, that he is good, that he is waiting for us. And I started, well, there are things that were overwhelming issues and problems that were things that were overwhelming. And I began to just take them to him and talk to God and, and share my heart with him. And I began to see things change. And not only in my life, but I began to pray for other people. 
we're called to prayer. He said men ought always to pray and not to faint. So we shouldn't be falling all apart, but we ha- we have someone to go to. So I started taking other people's situations before God because he loves more than I love them. He loved them. And so I started inviting him into their issue, problem, whatever it is. And he worked for them just because I shared. Others have shared. And somebody prayed for us. Somebody prayed for me. Yeah. And so I, I'm going to do the same for others. And there's been an impact in my life over the prayers that many have prayed for me. And so I want to impact others' life as well. That is awesome. I love that. They're natural and spiritual. I hope the listeners are getting that. Benefits to prayer. As, as the studies show, there's less depression among people who pray daily. But also, as you were talking about, Tony, when you pray, you're not only talking to God, communicating with God, but you're releasing, you're surrendering whatever is on your heart, whatever you're concerned mm-hmm. about, whatever you're worried about, to a God who is bigger than you, to a God who is more powerful than you, to a God who can do anything, to a God who can see all things, knows all things, is all powerful, mm-hmm. to a God that can do something about it. <laughs> you know, yes. sometimes we don't know what to do or we we don't have the capacity or the power to mm-hmm. do anything, but we're talking to a God and we're praying to a God who can do something, who can do all things, who can do the impossible. And I think it's mm-hmm. important that people understand that prayer can be a stress reliever, which is mm-hmm. a natural benefit as well, because you're releasing what you've been carrying, what's inside you, what's been bothering you and worrying you and and plaguing you to a God that can do something about it. So there are natural and spiritual benefits to prayer. Mm -hmm. And I hope people are getting that because you are are really teaching us today about that. Thank you so much. I'm thinking, Tony, of the person right now who uh, Mm -hmm. prayed, for example, for their relative to be healed of cancer. And the person Mm -hmm. they prayed for didn't make it. In situations like this, our natural minds can easily conclude that prayer doesn't work or that God doesn't answer prayer. What do you want to say to people who may be discouraged or they may have stopped believing in God because they didn't get the result they prayed for? I read in the scriptures where Jesus said to the disciples, begin to tell them some hard things, tell them some very hard things. And there were those that were around and heard that it was challenging to them and they some walked away. And Jesus said to his disciples, will you also leave? You know, when Jesus was here on the earth and he said, will you also leave? And Peter says, well, you hold the keys to life. Where are we going to go? I mean, you are the top, you're the top man. You're, you are God. If we stop trusting, following, where's the help going to come from? And so we don't always get what we want. My husband often says to do what God tells you, seek the Lord, pray and leave the outcomes to him. I, I tried to share one time when, when, with one of my kids, I think they were like 14, 15 years old and they were sa- saying some things they wanted. And financially we didn't have the money to give them, you know, what they wanted. It wasn't even a need, but it was what they wanted. And so I, I thought a moment and I tried to share with them from a perspective of, okay, they're getting older. Let me help them understand the financial obligations we have, why we don't have this to give them at this time. And I shared thinking they were ready for it and they did not get it. They were so consumed with what they wanted that they couldn't understand the perspective I'm coming from and sharing with them. And so with this, 
when things don't always go the way we want, there is a bigger picture going on. We don't see or understand everything. One of the premises from the word and, and a study that I've done is healing the will of God. The scripture tells us it is the will of God. And there is something when I was like a teenager, I asked, does the will of God always happen? Hmm. And someone shared with me that we have a free will. And because of our free will, God's will does not always happen. And the illustration that was brought to my mind from the word was that God is not willing that any perish. It is not his will that any die outside of him, outside of that relationship with him. That is not his will. But will there be some as much love that he is giving, that his hands and arms are outstretched and that he's still dealing Will there be some that will reject him? Yes. So the will of God does not always happen, but it is his will that we all be healed. That means it is available to all of us. But with the world, the way that it is, and sin and death and those things that have come in as a result of being a fallen world that Jesus has died to redeem are some reasons, a whole list of them I study that why we are not all healed, but it is available. Where are you going to go? He's the one that can do it. And there are more examples of people being healed and delivered and ways made form. And then some things I walk through a situation, Monique, I might have gotten away from your questions, but I walked through a situation last year and um, the last four months of 2022. And I've been through a lot in life. Who has it, right? We all been through things in life, but I went through something that I have never, ever experienced. And it challenged me so, took me to some places and the heaviness of it. And yes, was I crying out to God for deliverance? Yes. For healing, for bringing me out? Yes. But one of the things the Lord said to me, do you see me as a courier or as the carrier and the courier, I thought of Amazon and UPS, the courier just drops off what we think we want. I want this, no relationship, just drop it off. And we look at it and I think I want it, but no, this is not the color and we toss it away. But the courier is like the footprints in the sand that will the carrier will carry us through everything that we go through every situation, every problem. And so I think I suffered terribly for four months and there are people who suffer and, and, and still suffering. We dealt with losses and all kinds of things. I don't have an answer for how to figure that out, but I do have know that there is one that's closer, the Bible says, that's close, very present help in our times of trouble and very present. As you go through, you experience the presence of God like you never have before. And when you get to the other side of that, whether you're disappointed, you're angry, he said, I won't fail you. He didn't say we won't be disappointed. When you get to the other side, you will have learned and discover some things about God and knowing that you, could, you couldn't even got gotten through that period hadn't God been with you. And so, yep, our hearts hurt. They break sometimes. We're disappointed, but God is always there. Awesome. I love that analogy you gave about courier versus 
Curier. That is an awesome, awesome revelation. I was just thinking about as you were saying that, you know, you were saying sometimes we get packages we don't like and we toss them. And sometimes, Tony, we return them to the sender. We send them bags, you know, and but there's a scripture that says that we can put God in remembrance of his own word. And so we can return God's word to him because his word doesn't return unto him. The Bible says void. So we can put God in remembrance of his word in those tough times. God, you said in your word that you would heal me. You said it according mm-hmm. to this scripture and according to this passage. And so we can return God's word in a sense yes. to him by putting him in remembrance of that. So th- thank you for that. That That's a great, great um, explanation. For those who may want to try praying, Tony, on a daily basis, but they really don't know what to say. They don't even know where to begin. Can you give us just an example of a simple prayer that you know a person can pray every single day? I'll share with mine, but I think it, it is personal and wh- however they want to talk to God. But one of the things when I start on a prayer, I just say, Father God, because I see him as the father. I say, Father God, and this morning I said, Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you that I woke up to this day. I thank you for life. I, I do a lot of thanking God. <laughs> I, I Lord, I thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness and your graciousness to me. I thank you that you hold life. You hold me in your hand. And all that will come with today, you have been out there ahead to make sure I come through it well. And I I thank you for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Really, thank you, Tony, for giving us that, that awesome definition of prayer. That prayer in a nutshell really is daily communication with God. I believe if we shifted our perspective and view prayer that way as talking to God, and as you said, hearing from God, we wouldn't find it so hard to do or consider it drudgery or a check on our to-do list. You know, prayer really is an opportunity to speak to and hear from the God of the universe, because if we sit and listen, as you said, Tony, he'll speak back to us. And I'm going to say to the listeners, I promise you, I'm making this promise to you today. If you pray and believe, you will find that prayer works for you also. Prayer is is effective, even when we don't get the answers we're seeking, because God still hears our prayers. He still knows what's best for us, and he knows what we can handle. The scripture says, as, as Tony said, we should always pray and never give up. So that is my hope and my prayer for everybody listening today, that you would always pray and that you would never give up. Tony, I'm going to switch gears just a little bit and ask a few personal questions so the listeners can get to know you better. So two quick questions for you. The first is, how would you describe yourself in one word? (laughs) That's difficult to do, (laughs) but humble. That's a good word. I'm going to give you a word that I would describe you as peaceful. Mm -hmm. Peaceful. That's what I've known, and I've certainly known you to be humble as well. Okay, next one. Who or what makes you smile? Being with people that want to know about God. That makes me smile. He makes me smile, too. Yes, yes. Answer prayer makes me smile. 
That is a good answer. I must say to you, Tony, you are one of my favorite people. I don't know if I've ever told you that, but you are genuinely one of my favorite people. Uh, top 10. You're on the top 10 list, probably top five, actually. I've learned so much from you, Tony, about being peaceful and about prayer. So many lessons you've taught me that I've applied to my own life and that I teach my three children. Thank you, Tony, for being you. I'm so glad you're alive and with us. I thank you for taking the time to help us better understand the benefits of prayer today. I hope that after listening to today's episode, those that were maybe on the fence about this thing called prayer, wondering if it works, I hope that you'll try it. Just try it and see. I, I know that it works because it's worked so many times in my own life. So I'm encouraging you to try it. And I promise you, if you combine it with faith, it'll work for you as well. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Bye for now.